0: Well when does it end? When does it end? If you were to learn a language, when would you consider yourself done with it? Do your mobility work? You need to, every second day at least. Government reshuffle. What does it even mean <laughs> mean? Does it does anyone know? And roundabout books. I would love to buy more. Let's face it. I mean who has time to read these days? Thursday, March 9th, 2023, I'm Stephen Sirsky, folks. Hope you're doing well and If you're able to read physical books, good on you. That's awesome. I know a lot of people, uh, of all things, one of the things I actually uh, miss about being back in my hometown, back in Winnipeg, uh, but also being in a Canadian or an English-speaking city, is having easy access to a a library with uh, physical books. And one of the things I used to do back in the day when I was back in my hometown and uh, actually, even when I traveled, I remember doing this in uh, Kuala Lumpur. They had a decent uh, English collection uh, as well, uh, not not as extensive as some other libraries, but um, you, they had enough English books about finance and stuff like that that I could find something to read. In Australia, I think it was in Sydney that I was going to the uh, uh, one of the reserves libraries. So like, what a reserve libraries that you have to go place an order for your book. You look up the book, you give them, give it to the people, and then they go find it and they uh pull-it-out-for-you sort of thing. Like, you're not allowed to walk around the stacks so much. Uh, here in China, here in Beijing, there is the National Library. It's massive. It's huge. I don't think I've actually been inside the... the prop. I've been inside part of the library, but there's a famous... Like, there, there's a picture of a lot of the students uh, studying in, like, um, this massive library. I've never been in that part of the library, to tell you the truth, and I don't know where it is, because... The problem is is that the whole place is just so huge that trying to find the, the one place where you take that photo is, uh, for me, anyway, very difficult. Now, maybe since my Chinese is a little bit better, hopefully, I could uh, navigate it a little bit better. Um, but uh, it's all the way over in Hai uh, And Hai Dien is an hour away from where I'm situated in Chaoyang. Uh, so to go there, to go pick up books, it's an hour there an hour back, plus two or three hours at the library. You're not allowed liquids. You're not allowed uh, food or anything like that. It's um, not worth it, to tell you the truth. Not worth the time to uh, go all that way. It's, I mean, it's almost easier just to buy the book on Jingdong or Taobao, have it delivered, and then read it sort of thing. Now, What I miss about the library, and one of the reasons I actually, I don't like buying too many books, Uh, e-books are okay as well, but I mean, being able to sit down with a physical book, even that process, I I don't have much time for, Um, and there's various reasons for that, of course. What I used to do at these libraries, though, is that uh, I would go there and sort of walk amongst the stacks, pick out five or six, nine books or something like that, and then sit down and just start picking through them. And that was, like, I'd spend a Saturday afternoon there, uh, just reading whatever it is, like, uh, physics for dummies, um, you know, different uh, um, science books, you know, like, maybe astronomy, uh, travel books, uh, writing books, marketing books, all that sort of stuff. I'd just go pick one or two. I'd usually pick up one or two famous ones, like, if, uh, well-known names that I knew would be good reads, and then I'd also uh, pick out a couple others that... Um, I, I, that maybe I, I'm not too familiar with. Of all with traveling, it's kind of neat to be able to, as a traveler, you, you kind of open the access, open the door to visiting different places like that that that, you're only, that you only hear of, like uh, Oxford, Cambridge, Bodleian Library. I mean, I've never been there. would love to go sometime just for the the sheer fact that like it's kind of cool. The other uh, dirty little secret that I have is that I would love to go to the Oxford University Press. Uh, retail outlet store in, in in Oxford and buy a couple of OCTs Oxford Classical Texts, which by no means are useful. Like they are just they would be more collectors' items than anything else. But OCTs are they basically continue the manuscript tradition of old Latin and ancient Greek texts. So this is like, this is one of the things that Oxford and Cambridge. Uh, I don't know if they fight over it, but they they certainly um, uh, put a lot of work into it. Same with uh, Tubner in uh, in Germany, uh, and there's another one I think. Well, same with the Loeb Classical uh, Series as well. You've probably heard of those. Those are the bilingual editions. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, basically these are books in the original Latin or ancient Greek that have been published in the modern day, but are not just Uh, copies of old books they are the new critical editions of these books uh, of these manuscripts so what these authors would do like if Oxford or Cambridge commissions a a new OCT they will put a call out for professors or whoever uh, the specialists and these specialists would comb through all of the manuscripts all of the available editions uh, and a known uh, like pap- papyrus and manuscripts and other things that they have and then compile a new edition based on that. So these OCTs are sort of, they continue on that lineage. They're, they're basically meant to be, to last for the next thousand years sort of thing, right? Um, but uh, so anyway, traveling through these, we'll have to go to the Bodleian Library. Um, I've been to the, uh, the Colosseum Library in Vancouver. Uh, that one is, uh, it, it is shaped like the, uh, uh, the Colosseum in Rome. Um, But uh, smaller scale, of course, uh, and it's the Vancouver Public Library. It's kind of neat. Kind of some uh, not so, uh, well, street people as well uh, around there, that area. Uh, so (laughs) they do use the public toilets a little bit as is their purview is the public library um not always reading books though so uh but all that being said i mean these are kind of places that you don't really think of being somewhere to stop over or to uh visit and you wouldn't if you're traveling or you're visiting uh, a place for a short period of time but if you post up in a place like uh, in kuala Lumpur because it's cheap even thailand would have a decent uh english library though i i didn't go to that one where you could just sit there, and that would be your weekend excursion: is go to the library and read a bunch of books. I know it sounds boring, sounds kind of dorky, but this is what I used to do uh, when I was uh, when I had free time back in the uh, the hometown when I wasn't really living there. So I w- I would be staying over for a couple months, probably working a temp job or something, or not working at all, and that's how I'd be spending my time was uh, usually at the library, and that was a it was a neat little thing to do. Can't do it here in Beijing. is too far. Not as many amenities. No coffee, no food. Uh, toilets are really far away. And uh, and uh, it's really far away. Not only that, I have my own apartment. So there's no real point. And I live by myself. So there's no point in going to another place where I'd have to uh, find electricity, find a plug, find water, find food. It's just my family. Too much trouble, right? So stay at home. All that being said, there's this... Uh, um uh, I guess there are a book bookshop here in Beijing roundabout books and if you're living in Beijing or if you're new to Beijing you should probably know about this because they uh, specialize they basically sell all the uh, all secondhand books that are either do- donate they usually get books donated so a lot of expats will leave and they'll just leave their books to them. Um, and all the proceeds from their sales go to uh, not just sustaining their organization but uh, to local charities as well promoting uh literacy uh amongst the uh uh, the kids here as well so when you buy a book from roundabout books you are supporting a good cause i've bought books from them before and they do have uh some good books that go around Uh, i think it's usually thursdays it's not i'm not sure if it's every thursday but it's consistent enough that i think it's on thursday that they they release their new list of english books to to, uh, to that are available, uh, or at least that they're promoting, sort of thing. They get lots of books all the time, so every week they pick out 16 or 20 books and they they publish them in this uh, WeChat group. I'll tell you, I see these books, I'm like, wow, that'd be awesome to have, but I'd like to read that book. (laughs) Oh, I've never had that book before. Uh, Not that I'm looking to collect books while in Beijing, it's more that... I'd like to read that book because I never have before. And then I realized, well, why haven't you never read that book before? It's because you don't have the time. And like I'm looking at the last couple of books that I bought, uh, notably a Thousand Years of Annoying the French by uh, Stephen Clark. Stephen Clark. Um, it's been sitting there for a couple of weeks now. haven't read it. And what are the reasons why? So before you start thinking, well, Steve, you can make the time. One of the things that I found is that is very common that I do. There's two things. Number one, I do pay for these uh, subscriptions to like foreign affairs and geopolitical futures, so I read a lot about geopolitical stuff. Uh, So that's one. And foreign affairs articles are like mini books uh, onto their own. Like if you and they have MP3 files. So these are great. So I take these on my walk and stuff like that, and I, I listen to them. Or I go with my runs, uh, and I'll uh, listen to these uh, MP3 files by, by Foreign Affairs. Reading a book, sitting down and reading a book. Whenever I actually do that, it's actually usually in Chinese or in other languages that I'm studying. Right. So I don't make time to read English books directly, uh, physical e- books. I, I will I will read eBooks because those are a little bit easier to, uh, you know why are they easier? Because they're on the iPad or they're on the computer and they're easier to flip around. uh, And I can read through a few of them rather than concentrating on just one book. It's so bizarre. I'm not going to lie. I know you're you're probably listening to this going, Steve, that doesn't make any sense. A a paper book would be, you'd be able to focus on that much more than an ebook. But what's your excuse? The other excuse is, that, well, I had the Delta in the uh, in, in autumn, uh, but um, whenever I sort of sit down and I have time to read, I usually pick up a Chinese book instead or another language book. So, and when I read these ebooks, books uh, and this is the beauty of going to the libraries and picking out five or six different books, I wouldn't read a whole book from cover to cover. It was always like two or three pages. I might use the index sometimes. It might be on a topic that I just want to skim through or something. So, One thing that has changed is that the availability of the internet, I have multiple screens now, so it's easier to organize my workspace, multiple devices, so it's easier to have more things going at one time, which sounds complicated, but it means that you can have your browser on this page, you can have your finders on that page, you can have your iPad with this uh, drawing or this app open that you're you're doing something with as well, and then your cell phone that you're you're, uh, chatting with someone, right? So there's a lot more in general going on that takes away from the ability to just sit down and read a paper book. Now, if you are able to read, sit down and read a paper book, good on you. Let me know which one you're reading, I'd love to know. Uh, it's something that I, I don't make enough time for, um, but my bedside stack of books is literally all Chinese books. I'm still reading the same ones. Uh, I'm still picking a, picking my way through the classics. Uh, the classic Chinese books, and then there's one about this coffee shop guy, and there's another one over there. My HSK5 books have been taken away because they are now moved into the um, <laughs> onto the other desk, <laughs> basically, which I will hopefully get to this weekend because I'm not working this weekend and I'll spend some time uh, going through those uh, textbooks. How much longer with this language anyway? I was actually thinking about this because I do my flashcards every morning and I realize now that all the flashcards are the space repetition system that Anki Droid has. So when I click um, the the next, there's four different colors. There's red, so you'll review it right away. There's gray that you'll review it in the short term. Green, um, or is it yellow? Yeah, green that you review maybe medium term and then blue that you're going to review in the long term most of my cards are coming up gray like two to three five days away sort of thing which means i've already gone through the whole deck at least a couple of times and that i mean it is getting easier to read those those characters it's becoming more automatic as well and i'm thinking about this about this and finally that took three four months to get to <laughs> jeez i mean i've been i've been working on that half part time for a while i mean i, I did kind of st- I tried leading up to last year's test and then I kind of stopped uh, and then I got back at it in, what, in December, January? So it's been two or three months solid where I've been reading basically the dictionary uh, every day. And I am i haven't been writing very much in Chinese lately, but I've got to pick that up as well again. It, it's getting easier, but to think that this is HSK5 and that it's only when you get to HSK6 that you're kind of, Actually talking in a, in a higher register of uh, vocabulary, that would be similar to a native speaker's, an educated uh, uh, native speaker's vocabulary ability, right? My problem with speaking with the hoi polloi, we the people, us commoners who aren't so educated in Chinese literature, they have accents that I don't understand, like, <laughs> so I've been going on this, uh, this, uh, app, uh, Bigo, uh, which I've talked about before. And I finally found this one girl who I think has a, uh, Shandong, uh, no Dongbei accent. So Dongbei accent. And so she's, uh, I think, or maybe, oh geez, maybe she's in Southern uh, part of China as well. She's not as far as Guangdong though, that, that she doesn't have that sort of accent. So flipping through these different channels, uh, I'm able to pick out at least some different accents that pop up, and so what I'm trying to do here is to, to acclimatize my ear to that accent, to those, uh, to the people speaking, not to the educated Putonghua textbooks that I listen to all the time. And you're asking, and you're probably asking, well, why don't you just listen to the radio? Because all of the radio is in Putonghua. It's all in standard Mandarin Chinese, Beijing dialect. It's not local. It's not the uh, uh, the local method of uh, speaking. So, and if you're ever going to travel, uh, you're ever going to be a, have a useful uh, language. You got to be able to pick up on the dialects and understand the dialects and communicate. You don't have to speak each and every dialect, but to certainly understand what they're saying and then be able to sort of maybe accentize your own standard Mandarin Chinese. It's there's. Now you're getting into the level, that's fluency. That's where you're able to actually blend in a little bit more rather than sound like a walking textbook. Do your mobility work? Even if it's every second day. I can't uh, promote this enough. Uh, I talk a lot about the workouts that I do, but maybe I don't talk about the mobility part and parcel because I haven't really been doing, I have been, Every morning, I've been getting up early since the sun is getting up earlier as well. But make sure you're doing this mobility stuff. Stretch out your hips. Stretch out your hamstrings. You've got to do this. I'll tell you, especially if you're getting older. Not that I'm that old. Uh, but uh, and in your 30s, even in your your early 30s, you should be stretching. Making a routine of stretching every single day. Of course, I say, I, I say that. With the luxury of being an old man who's gone through his 30s. Maybe, well, you should it's a great idea. Now find a time. (laughs) I know it's tough. There's lots going on. You probably want to talk to more people than I do uh, at this point. But certainly if you can make a a schedule of stretching, uh, you're not going to regret it. I think if anything, you're going to be like, you're going to hit your 40s and be like, what's everyone complaining about? I don't feel any pain at all meanwhile everybody else who has not been doing that will be like oh my back oh my hamstrings oh this and that oh i i tweaked my neck you know you tweaked your neck because you sit all day and you don't do anything i mean <laughs> and then you lie down on your bed basically so yeah get into your mobility uh you don't need much uh i use some massage balls and resistance bands and stuff like that but uh even light weights like uh just carry some water bottles around uh to get the body warmed up and i'll tell you Fantastic. Highly recommended. Government reshuffle. Laundry list of movements in the government. What does it mean? Oh, if you're hoping for some sort of analysis, not only are you in the wrong place, but good luck finding a good one anyway. Of course, there's going to be a lot of people talking, oh, well, this means that and that means this and everything. I don't know. I mean, this people still talk about the... the the recovery from the epidemic and i'm sitting here going yeah they crushed the education system <laughs> they crushed the technology within a with an inch of its breath uh, all based on the idea that it was like it was getting too powerful or too big uh for you know the powers that be to really be comfortable with and yet we have these chinese apologist not chinese china apologists Uh, on the the socials, talking about, oh, well, you know, you don't understand, you don't understand, "Ah, oh, I don't know, man, I don't know. Now, I did notice that the government, uh, not the government, the stock market was shaken up quite a bit a couple days ago, I mentioned this, where it did uh, fall, those stocks have since recovered yesterday and today, uh, they are sort of seeing an uptick uh, as well. This is where I get most of my news from. When I watch The stock market, I'm not gonna lie. When I see the the stocks dip, I'm like, oh, something was mentioned (laughs) about the government. Guarantee it was something about the government. If stocks go up, oh, there it goes. Stimulus was announced. Some sort of stimulus was announced. The only other big mover that that has an effect on particularly the A-share market is the U.S. dollar. So if the U.S. dollar starts to really tank uh, or go up, whichever direction it might choose, um, that's when you're going to see a lot of these Chinese. China is considered an emerging market, but given its size and the amount of money that goes around here, you, what a, an emerging market! That's kind of big, isn't it? Uh, but that so that's another effect on the uh, the China A shares uh, market as a whole. Uh, some of the tech stocks are moving again. Um, it seems like a lot of the EV companies, the electrical electric vehicle companies, are laying off staff. A lot of people are just being, that, that whole sector is just finally being shrunk, I guess. Uh, I don't know what these kids or these workers are going to do, although they do have Bego at their, uh, at their fingertips. I mean, they can all become live streamers. Uh, just remember to declare your taxes or declare your income or the government won't like that very much. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know the in terms, because all these, uh, I don't want to, they're not just kids. They're, they're, there's these workers, there's these workers who've gone through schooling, through university uh, and came out the other side of it with like engineering degrees, maybe not so much engineering degrees, but computer engineering uh, or computer science degrees. And if they're being laid off how can they reskill? Because that's not very, you don't hear people in China talking about reskilling or retooling at all. Basically, whatever they go to university for, they go get a job in. Not like us ESL teachers, where it's like, oh, well, I have a degree in history. What do you do? Well, I teach English, of course. <laughs> oh, I have a degree in physics. What do you do? Well, I teach English, of course. I mean, or, you know, engineers and stuff like that. They, there's career changes that happen. Uh, amongst the expats now that now that's the expats there is something to be said about being an expat if you get up and leave your hometown your home country and everything it already shows that you have a little bit more of a different thinking than the people who just stay in one place that's so you you, it's hard to measure yourself against a, a local person who's just been laid off from one of these jobs my question though is like my my concern is where else are these People going to go? Where are they going to work? If if is un, unemployment at a low number? And if it is, then what? How do these numbers affect that unemployment number? Uh, where are these people going to go work? Where are they working? Are they in Beijing in places like that, or are they in smaller cities? Uh, and this all sorts of feeds back into, you know, is it safe to travel through China? Because as a foreigner, the, no doubt the uh, the the uh, news outlets talk a good game about you know some slanted perspectives some some perspectives based on the Chinese uh, viewpoint is it safe to go out there and if there's massive amounts of layoffs I'm not gonna lie there's a little bit of a flag there I'm going hmm maybe train trips across the country aren't a very good idea at the moment which would be awesome to do I'm not gonna lie be kind of great to finally take a week or two weeks off and just take the train down to somewhere and see See what's what else is out there other than, you know, just my compound. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensurcy.com. And, of course, follow along with uh, my March Motion video challenge on Instagram. May you make your movie is the handle you should find. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.